You're listening to CITR Radio, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And it's time right now for the Nardwar to Human Serviette Radio Show. You just heard right there from the Spores, All Holy Nights. That actually is a song that not only includes members of the Spores, it's an Capella version of Oh Holy Nights and it includes band members from Death Sentence, The Little Rascals, A Moral Minority, Pete Sinatra, NG3, and Unnatural Silence. And that's from the mid 80s, 1990 minus five, maybe, maybe 1985 or so. By the Spores, and that's from the upcoming Spores reissue from Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. News, weather, and the Spores. A whole bunch of amazing stuff from an amazing, underappreciated Vancouver punk rock band. What I mean by underappreciated, by the fact that, well, actually, they were appreciated. If they could get all those fans together, everybody loved them. Everybody loved the Spores. And to continue on that Spores tip, I'm going to play a couple more Spores songs with a Christmas bent, Christmas jeers, and in Shopping Binge by the Spores from the upcoming News, Weather, and the Spores CD on Sudden Death Records coming out soon in the new year. Today on the Nardwarty Human Serviette Radio Show, an interview from Tell 
Aviv Israel with the Monotonics, who are playing the Biltmore in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on December 29th. And also an interview with, from New York City, Lady Gaga. So, the Monotonics, Lady Gaga, and right now, some more spores. Two tracks by the spores. There's tons of tracks on this upcoming CD of theirs, News, Weather, and Spores, but these ones have the Christmas bent. Here is Christmas Cheers, Shopping Binge, and then an interview with the Monotonics, and then an interview with, from New York City, Lady Ga, 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 Ga. On the 25th of December, when the angels sing with glee, as far back as I remember, t'was a special time for me. For down in the slums, all the skid bombs bring out their lights all to cheer. And those wonderful kids at the orphanage all cry, cause Santa's near. On the 25th of December, the prisons are filled with love. And daddies line the food banks and hope they have enough. The quadriplegics say a prayer and racists curb their hate. The festive season's here again, so let's all celebrate.
crying Nothing left for Christmas time I just wanna buy some more Who are you? I'm Jonathan. Nice to meet you, Nardwa. Jonathan, what band are you in? I'm in Monotonics from Tel Aviv, Israel. And you're phoning now live from Israel. Thank you so much. No problem. Who else is in the Monotonics, Jonathan? My friends Ami and Chagai. Ami sings and Chagai plays the drums. Now, do you guys have an extra member in the band, i.e. a garbage can? How does a garbage can fit into the monotonics? I always see a garbage can in photos of you guys performing. Well, the garbage can, Nardwar, is sometimes a friend and sometimes a true enemy. Because sometimes when we use the garbage can for our purposes, like throwing it on our drummer, and sometimes our singer uh, climbs into it and he... He crowd surfs in the trash can, which is called trash surfing, and uh, that's when the trash can is our friend. But sometimes some evil member of the audience lifts the trash can, and the trash can starts gets thrown around by the audience. And at that point, it's just gonna, at some point, it's just gonna ricochet back and hit me and Olga in the in the face. And sometimes they're made of metal, and we've been injured by countless trash cans before. But do you? Do you travel with a garbage can? Do you travel with a trash can? Like, do you bring it to the gigs? Because not every venue has a trash can, do they? Well, you're wrong, Nardwar. To keep it interesting, we've played 500 shows so far. So to keep it interesting, we try to make it a different trash can every night. So we either purchase one at the store close to the venue or just use the venue's own trash can. How about the venue's reactions to using their trash cans? What sort of trash cans have you noticed since you use a lot of trash cans? Do venues have nice trash cans? Or do people not care about using trash cans so they're really in good shape? What's the state of trash cans in rock and roll? The nastiest trash cans in Ardwar, they come from festivals and the girls' rooms. That's from our experience, the nastiest trash cans. One of the, in some, at some show in Chico, California, our drummer got a used, uh, how do you call it, um, tampon uh, thrown on him from some garbage can. And at a show in Milwaukee, he played the entire show with a piece of lettuce on his shoulder. And didn't even know it. Can. Did he even know didn't the lettuce know was it. there? No, I was, I, was, I was noticing it and laughing, but yeah, I was playing an, an entire show with a piece of lettuce on its shoulder. And you were Jonathan from the Monotonics, playing in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, on the 29th, Monday the 29th, at the Biltmore in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. And you're speaking to me live from Tel Aviv, Israel. Thanks so much for phoning via Skype. This is amazing. My first interview live to Israel, Jonathan. Oh, you're very welcome, Rodwan. 
What about this particular tour that you're on? You're coming to Vancouver on Monday the 29th to the Biltmore. You're playing with Twin Crystals and Gang Violence. What's going on with this particular tour? You're playing New Year's Eve in Seattle with the Presidents of the United States of America. This isn't a huge show, is it? This isn't like a huge tour. Well, actually, every show is probably huge at the Monotonics, but this isn't really a huge tour, is it? Because usually you're doing a huge tour, but this is only a few dates. What's going on with this particular tour? Yeah, somebody invited us to play uh, the Paramount in Seattle. I heard it's the fanciest venue in town. It's where they put on uh, Phantom of the Opera and shit. And uh, somebody invited us to do this show with President of the United States of America. And, and he pays us a bunch of money. So uh, we're going to go do it. And we thought, hey, if we're in the area, let's play Edmonton and Calgary and Vancouver and Portland, too. In the middle of winter. Really... In the middle of the winter, because people need their hearts warmed by us. Actually, Yonatan of the Monotonics, believe it or not, the Paramount Theater is where I saw on Halloween, another festive occasion, the reunited Sonics. One of your influences, the Sonics from Seattle, Washington, yeah, yeah, yeah. played there. I saw her play. I saw her play there. How was the show? It was pretty damn good. There's a lot of area for you guys to cover. Would that have been one of the bigger places that you have played, the Paramount? What are some of the bigger venues that you guys have played? Have you played some big How theaters? How many fit in the Paramount, you think? I think they said it was like 2,800, maybe 3,000. It was soft theater. Okay. You know, it was like a theater, I guess. Have you played big theaters like that? Yeah, yeah. We just played the uh, Old Tomorrow's Parties Festival in uh, England in front of like 2,000 people. We played a festival in Chicago in front of 2,000. It, it's kind of different when... It makes the show very different because we play on, we still play on the floor, but we have uh, 2,000 people to entertain, so uh, we sweat more. You're in the town of the Monotonics. You said you played like over how many gigs? Four or 500 gigs you guys have played in the band? Yeah, yeah. I think we're gonna, it's going to be like the Vancouver show is going to be our 500, 500 gig ever. So how many gigs in North America have you played? Like it must be over 100, eh, or 200. How many gigs in North America have you guys done? I think it's 400. That is absolutely incredible. Is that some sort of record for an Israeli band? Has any Israeli band played that many gigs in the United States of America ever? I think Israel is very small. Israel is smaller than New Jersey. So I think breaking records in rock bands in Israel. I think by starting a rock band alone, you, you break some sort of record. But still, playing that many gigs, the United States of America, Yonatan of the Monotonic, speaking to me, Nardwater Human Serviette, live here on CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver Bridge, Columbia, Canada, and the Monotonics are coming to Vancouver on Monday, December the 29th, to the Biltmore. Who booked all your gigs? Because that's a lot of booking all those gigs. Who booked all those gigs for you? You know Michelle Cable, right? Our booking agent. I think you're friends. She put all those together. From the very beginning, was she on board? Or did you do a lot of booking through email, internet, etc.? I guess that's what I was curious about. Having played all these shows, do you have any tips about booking shows on your own or showing up at shows that you think are booked and are not booked? Because that's a lot of gig experience. Well, that's never happened to us. Every time. We, we never canceled the show. One show got canceled because the venue got shut down. And one show, I think two, two of those shows were ever canceled, but we never canceled the show. What? And uh, the, first tour, the first tour, we booked ourselves, but after our first tour, we met Michelle, and she's been working with us ever since. What do you remember about playing in Vancouver before at the emergency room? How many times have you played in Vancouver? I saw a review of your emergency room gig in Vancouver. Was that the only time you played in Vancouver? What do you remember about playing the emergency room in Vancouver? The emergency room was pretty great, actually. It was like... It was a long time ago. It was um, almost a year ago. And I don't know. 
people didn't, not a lot of people really knew us at the time, but the, the show was pretty packed. And people were uh, dressed in a very, in a very sharp, sophisticated way, and uh, and they were d dancing to to very famous pop tunes at the end of the show, and everybody were pretty wild and, and had a pretty good time. And Since now that, we've we've returned to Vancouver and we played with Silver Jews at uh, Richards on Richards. Yes. And how was that? Oh, that was fun. What's the difference between playing a place like the emergency room, which is kind of like more like a warehouse sort of space type thing, versus playing a club? On this particular tour you're doing, I guess it's kind of mainly clubs. Have you been playing a lot more clubs rather than coffee shops? How does the show change when it moves from like a coffee shop to a club? You know, it's funny because for us, people ask us that, and I see that, that it, it, it matters and like, it basically, basements are different than venues. It's true. But for us, the important thing is kind of the atmosphere in the room. I mean, some we played some warehouse shows that were just horrible, and like, people weren't there to have fun at all, and it just kind of felt weird and stupid. And we played a lot of venue shows that were great, and vice versa. Some warehouse shows were amazing, and some venue shows were amazing. I mean, as long as, as, long as there's good synergy between us and, and the audience, we're into it. We don't really care where we play. We love warehouses. We love venues. We love bars. We love coffee shops, we love, uh, I don't know, gymnasiums. We'll play anywhere, as long as people come to have a good time. Jonathan of the Monotonics coming to Vancouver on December 29th to the Biltmore in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. It's hard to get a vision of your band, the Monotonics, over the phone. You're speaking to me live from Tel Aviv, Israel. It's hard to get a vision of your band, I think, for the listeners. I have a description here of your band, and I'd like you to tell me if you think this is accurate. I found this description of your band, Jonathan, on grungeforum.com. How about that? I found it on this website, grungeforum.com. And this is the description of your band, the Monotonics. The singer to Soundgarden. The singer wanted me to kick him in the nuts. He grabbed me and he also stole caps from people and threw water on the audience and put the microphone in his ass and back in his mouth. And he Sounds ate like his trial. And he ate his shirt. On at the very end he was somewhere in the balcony and the drums were standing on the bar. The drummer was still drumming. Is that an accurate description of the monotonics experience that people will be getting at the Biltmore on December the twenty ninth? I.e. the oh. mic in the ass, the mic in the mouth, eating a shirt? <laughs> I guess that's a that's a vivid description of one show, but that show could be completely different. I mean, sometimes I bring out my ukulele and we just play Israeli folk songs. Do you remember every, that? Every night do you remember that show particularly? Because that just sounds incredible. Which one? Where, where where was it? I'm not sure where it was, but it was the show where your singer well, ate his shirt. If it's Grunge Forum, it's probably Seattle, right? It could be. It could be Grunge Forum. Yeah, I guess so. I just love that website, grungeforum.com. It just sounds amazing. I've been a member for years. And I was curious, looking at the monotonics, to me, kind of what got me interested in the band, and I'm wondering if other people get interested in the band this way, too. Like you, Yonatan, you're the guitarist of the band, right? It's true. Who is the drummer again of the Monotonics? Hagai. Hagai is his name. I saw a photo of him, 
and it just won me over. Just the photo of him made me think, man, this is going to be a good show. And then I saw a clip of you guys at the WFMU Record Fair. You guys were playing a record fair, the legendary WFMU Record Fair in, like, New Jersey or whatever. You guys were playing that thing, and it was just amazing. That totally won me over. Does that win other people over as well? Your drummer, just the pick. Look, what is your, can you describe the way you guys look individually? Uh, wow. Our drummer looks like Borat. Uh, our singer has a mustache and long hair. And some people think he's from Ukraine, but he's Israeli. And I have a Jufro, and I dress pretty nice, and I'm good-looking in general. What do you guys remember about the WFMU Record Fair? Because that is a pretty wild gig. It's pretty intense to like, go in there and amongst all these record players record purchasers and players and stuff like that and interrupt them trying to buy records. That was quite a scene. What do you remember about that? Well, at the end of the show, Ami got up on the bass drum and people were holding him in there and he was about to, to jump on the audience and people were very frightened about the records. So some guy threatened him that he'll get him arrested if he jumped down. And he didn't. So People you would for the, the record uh, buyer. So you adhered to the law then. You guys did not jump. Uh, no, no, we always abide. That's what I was curious about as well. And there's a lot to be curious about the monotonics. And if you listeners are curious about the monotonics, head on down to the Biltmore here in Vancouver. Monday, December the 29th at the Biltmore you guys are playing. And you're also playing, since the Nardwarda Human Serviette Radio Show is also available via podcast at some other locations too. You're playing Calgary, Edmonton, Seattle, and Portland on this particular tour. It's true. It's all true. I was curious, going back to the curious thread here, have cops come to your gigs? It's been mentioned that cops have come to your gigs, and it made me think, does the Mossad have a file on you guys? Oh, that's an interesting question. Uh, our gigs in Israel were stopped by cops a lot, but I think it's basically more uh, because of noise complaints. Sometimes we take the show outside, and we play, and we play the drums outside, and everybody dance, and the party just, you know... Uh, surfaces outside so probably some neighbors don't like that and they call the cops but i don't know about the Mossad. We, we should find out it's an interesting question what about security guards and stuff like your show is totally intense when you arrive at a venue do you ever talk to the security guards ahead of time because i have again seen pictures of people with like yellow shirts surrounding the band etc how do you interact with the security guards you know the venue security guards we just played a really uh, fun show in uh, New York in this kneading factory. It's kind of an old uh, place in New York. And uh, Ami got up on the, and it has like two floors, and Ami got up, up on the post and kind of climbed it. So it was at the second floor, but standing on like this, uh, this pole. Sorry, he was standing on this pole, basically at the height of the second floor. And I see the security guard looking at him and just like makes a run for him and about to grab him because... He's sure he's like some lunatic from the audience climbing shit. But then, just before he grabbed him, I saw that he looks and he saw that he had a microphone, so he realized he was the singer, so he didn't grab him. Usually security guards are pretty respectful. Did you ever talk to them ahead of time to tell them what might be happening, or did you just go for it? No, we talk to them after time, and we tell them, thank you for being nice. 
When you arrive at the different venues that you play, monotonics, you mentioned that you like to play on the floor a lot of the times. What happens if there's a stage barrier? Do you ever play in front of the stage barrier? Or does the venue ever say you're not allowed to play on the floor? Because, you know, a lot of times venues have stage barriers. Like if you play big shows, there's stage barriers to stop people from getting to the stage. So if you guys play on the floor, you're like in front of the barrier. Have you had any trouble with that? Have people not let you play on the floor? Well, it's in our contract that we must play on the floor. That's our show. It's like, uh, tell us, get a new drummer. We can't. We, I mean, we could, but it means we have to uh, make a new show. And, uh, and if there's barricades, we just set up in front of them. Oh, that's very smart, then. So it's actually in your contract that you have to play on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't do a show on the stage. It's, 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 it's just like, just have a different band. A lot, a lot of bands play on stage. Just have a band that plays, plays on the stage. That's fine. But Yonatan from the Monotonics speaking to me, Nardwar, the human serviette, live from Tel Aviv, Israel. What's a serviette, Nardwar? Serviette is like this uh, dumb, stupid name, that's Nardwar. Serviette is something they have in Canada but don't have in the United States of America, you know. Napkins, Nardwar, the human, napkin, Nardwar, the human, serviette. Serviette also stands... What's the difference between a serviette and a napkin? A serviette is just the French version of a napkin, exact same thing. Oh. Also, it sounds better, you know. Nardwar, the human, serviette, i.e., Serve the youth, you know, serviette. Serviette is like an exquisite napkin. And human is after the cramps, one of your favorite bands, the cramps, Nardwar, oh. the human serviette, Nardwar, the human fly, you know, they have the song Human Fly, so that's what it comes from. And as I mentioned, a dumb, stupid part is this Nardwar, this, this means absolutely nothing, Nardwar, the human serviette, that's what all comes together, Yonatan, of the band, the monotonics. And what I was curious about again, I love the word curious, there's so much to get into with the monotonics, and if people really want to get into the monotonics, it's Monday. December the 29th at the Biltmore. What is a stage? What is a stage? Like you say, you won't play on a stage, but what is a stage? How do you define a stage? Like if you walk into a club, some clubs only have like a stage just like, just like an inch high. Have you ever guys played on a riser? Like what's the difference between a stage and a riser? Have you played on a riser? What is a stage? What do you mean? What's a riser? Well, a riser kind of just like is a tiny bit of something like the drums would sit on. Just a tiny little elevated piece of wood or something like that that the drums oh, okay. would sit on. How do you define a stage? I, you know, like you walk into a venue, places like the emergency room, they don't have a huge stage. It's just like a tiny little riser. Like what, when do you play on the floor? Like will you be on a bit of a stage? No, no, we just stand on the floor in front of the stage, in the middle of the room. That's where we always set up. But it's even boring, we do the same thing. But even if the stage is only like an inch high, you know, like how how high does the stage have to be to, before you qualify it as a stage? But we don't want to be elevated in any way. On the contrary, we want to be we want to be below the audience. Sometimes there's like little pits in the venues that's like right in front of the stage. It's like the lowest place in the venue, like like the Dead Sea is the lowest part of the world. So we like to we like to go to the Dead Sea and just be below the audience. We we think of ourselves as not not worthy for our audiences, so we just try to stand below them. On this particular tour, how are you going to be touring? Will you be on a vegetable oil bus like you were, the greased lightning F yeah tour bus? What can you tell the people about that? The band fucked up. They were on the greased lightning vegetable oil bus a little while back when it came through Vancouver. How did you hook up with the fucked yeah tour? Uh, on this story, we, we're going to be flying to Vancouver, no, but it's going to be a, a, a vegetable oil plane. Actually, Canada has 
and vegetable oil plant, plants for bands now. But the FIA tour, I don't know, some guy invited us to do this tour in the summer, and we got to tour with those bands, uh, Matt and Kim, Deathbed, uh, Crystal Anthers, all sorts of, uh, sort of bands in, in a bus, and we just did it. I don't know, it was an interesting experience, because we usually tour very alone and privately in a van, very secluded from, from everybody else. But in this tour, we had to, had to be with... 30 other Americans in a, in a bus. And it was an interesting experience. We learned a lot about, about the way we were perceived to American people. When you're jammed that close to people, 30 people on a bus, how much nakedness is there? I understand there was quite a bit of nakedness on that F yeah tour when you were on that bus, the Grease Lightning Vegetable Oil bus touring the States. Well, I, I'm kind of used to it. Like, I mean, at, at our show, Ami, Ami is not a big fan of the shirt. And so is our so is our drummer. So male male nakedness is just something that that I've grown accustomed to. Does the audience ever get naked? Or have you ever looked in the audience and seen people that look like you? Do people come to the shows dressed up as the monotonics? Do people get naked at the shows? Do people bring their own garbage cans to the shows? Sometimes people bring accessories and try to to make it a part of the show. It's kind of a weird thing. Uh, in Halloween, some girl dressed she put fake chest hair on her chest. It's pretty, it's pretty sexy. And uh, some people get naked at our shows. Yeah, it's one show in, in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Two two girls got naked. That was pretty, pretty entertaining. For how long were they naked, and were you embarrassed? Uh, I was not embarrassed at all. And I, I don't think they were too. I think they were pretty drunk out of their minds and dancing and having a good time. Uh, they were probably naked for the duration of two songs in our door. Thank you for giving that specific description, Jonathan, of the monotonics phoning live. Probably, to... probably tracks five and six from our latest EP, Body Language. And we'll hear that right now. Here are the monotonics with tracks five and six.
from the Monotonics, phoning live from Tel Aviv, Israel. Thanks so much for phoning into the Nardwar to Human Serviette radio show here today, Yonatan, from Tel Aviv, Israel. You really are in Israel, aren't you? You really are. I'm a true Israeli, Nardwar. Are you proud of Gene Simmons, the world's most famous Israeli rocker? And we're, we're all very proud of Gene Simmons, but actually, not a lot of people here know, know he's Israeli. People don't listen to Kiss in Israel, and people don't listen to Monotonics too in Israel. People just listen to uh, which Canadian band? Brian Adams. People like Brian Adams here. You're coming. Summer of '69. It, it's the official anthem of, of of Tel Aviv in '89. And you're coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, speaking of numbers, on Monday, December the 29th, to the Biltmore, with Twin Crystals and Gang of Violence. How about in Israel? Have you toured anywhere in Israel or in the Middle East? Have you done any gigs in Lebanon? Have you played with any Palestinian bands? What's it like doing gigs in the Middle East? Can you tour much? Have you been to Egypt? Is there any circuit for bands to play? Uh, well... Most of those countries you mentioned are enemies of Israel, which means uh, if we go there, we might be killed. So we didn't really tour any country around us. You can't really get, get into a car and, and drive somewhere and play a show. It's, it's impossible. You can only go to Jerusalem to play a show, maybe. And that's, that's not very safe, too. I'll just, I'm just kidding. But uh, we have a Jordanian fan. He came to one of our South by Southwest shows, and he wrote us a very, very moving emotional email about being our friend from Jordan, and we liked it. Basically, we, we tried at the beginning when we were just a new band and we wanted to play shows all the time. We tried to play shows outside of Tel Aviv and Israel, but it's, it's a pretty conservative place. Uh, even Tel Aviv, people didn't really react well to our shows at the beginning. So we played this kibbutz in the north, like really close to the Lebanon border. And when the show started, there were like 70 people at the kibbutz pub sitting and eating hummus and chips and watching the show. And by the, by the time the show ended, there was one bartender there and nobody else. Ami started, at some point, everybody just left because of the noise, and Ami grabbed that ketchup bottle and started spray, spraying it on the audience and on us, and he went outside and filled his mouth with gravel and started spitting it all over the room, and it got pretty disgusting, and then nobody stayed. But that actually sounds like quite a successful show. Like, that would be a hard show to duplicate, wouldn't it? to get everybody to leave. Is it hard to get people to leave now? Like, people would never leave the a monotonic left. show. The, promote, the soundman left, the promoter left. The bartender was there, but only because she had to clean up afterwards. I think she that... Was only, oh, oh, I'm his girlfriend's day. I think that's like... Ride home anyway. I think that's like a total success, that show. That sounds amazing. Do you like the idea of that show, just that everybody left? How can you top that? We, that is pretty we, we amazing. Thought it was, we thought it was our best show in Israel ever. How about when you're doing shows and stuff? I saw a documentary called Jericho's Echo. Are you aware of that documentary, Jericho's Echo? Yeah, I've seen it. It's like punk rock in the Holy Land. And I remember seeing a quote of somebody there talking about doing punk rock in Israel, rock and roll in Israel. And it was saying how all the 18 to 21-year-olds are not there on the street during the week because they're all in the army. Is that true? Like there's no young people really to come to the gigs during the week because everybody's doing military service? Yeah, I guess. I mean, some people's military service, they get, they get to go home at night too, but... It's kind of a different mentality when you go to the army. You just you don't really want to go to rock shows. You just want to I don't know. At the weekends you just want to take ecstasy and 
go to a rave or something. It's it's a different mentality in our world. It's, it's hard to explain. Our shows at the beginning, uh, our shows wasn't weren't a very natural thing here in Israel. But now now it's been going better. Now now we've been playing to more people here. How about the Israeli media, the music media in Israel? Are there many music magazines? Can you get U.S. magazines? Have you been on any TV shows? Is there any music media to support the bands and stuff like that? Like you're speaking to me live on CITR Radio, and we're speaking to Yonatan live from Tel Aviv, Israel, from the band of Monotonics playing Vancouver, December the 29th. Like you're speaking to me on college radio, CITR Radio. Is there any radio in Israel that would play your band? Is there any magazines that will interview you? Are there any TV shows? shows you can play in? Well, there's like a couple of independent magazines and there's uh, like one college radio station that plays us. I mean, there's like one college radio station in general, I think, in Tel Aviv. And uh, it's all very, very, very small. I guess there's everything, but not a lot of it. How do they cover you guys? Do they like you guys? I went to another website and I kind of looked for information on monotonics and I found nothing. It was talking about Israeli punk rock. It was like an Israeli punk rock website. I searched your name. Your name didn't come up. All it was was stuff like Montreal Band, Simple Plan, playing Israel for the first time. Like they were all excited about that. They weren't talking about any of the local bands. Do you guys get any coverage in any of the magazines or any of the websites at all from Israel? Actually, Ami shared the cover of uh, Ami shared the cover of the local um, local like music magazine with the singer that won the first ever Israeli Teen Idol competition. Ami shared the cover of the magazine with her. It was they didn't take their picture together, but the bottom was a picture of her, and the top was a picture of him. It seems like Israel, like every other European country, is really into the Eurovision Song Contest. What do you guys think about the Eurovision thing? Are people in Israel into the Eurovision thing? Yeah, people watch it. What's that like? How come it's so big in Europe? Is it just really fun to check out? Have there been any interesting bands? And I know there was that band that looked like Guar that won, that big monster band, whatever, Lordy, that won. Have there been any interesting bands from Israel in that? Have you ever entered in that? Have you ever thought about the Eurovision thing? Actually, Israel won the Eurovision <clears throat> seven years ago, I think, uh, led by a transvestite singer singing a pop dance song. And have you? Who was the singer? I, I should check them out. Uh, her name is uh, Dana International, and she, she she sang a pop song, a dance pop song called Diva, and uh, she's a transvestite. She used to be a boy called Yaron. How hard is it to be a transvestite singer in Israel? Oh, it's excruciating. Oh, darn. It's very hard. You should, you should ask Ami. Babu. And What's you are Jonathan of the Monotonics, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. As I mentioned, you're also playing Seattle, Washington. You're playing at the Paramount on New Year's Eve with the Presidents of United States of America, the Paramount where the Sonics played. You like the Sonics. What about Israeli garage rock, like a band such as the Churchills? Have you heard of the legendary Israeli garage rock band, the Churchills? Are they legendary? Yes, they are. They had a little sailing, saying where they were, quote, we are the titsmen of Tel Aviv. That's what they called themselves. The titsmen of... The titsmen. T-I-T-S. We are the titsmen of Tel Aviv. This is the Israeli band. Like, 
Like saying you're a breast man? I guess, except this was in the 1960s. This was the Churchills, and they later changed their name from the Churchills because they were Israeli band, and they didn't feel like a lot of people liked Winston Churchill to Jericho Jones. Have you heard of that band at all? Because they're like legendary garage band from Israel. The Churchills, then they evolved into Jericho Jones. I never knew they changed their name to Jericho Jones. I don't know. They're, they're pretty old, but I'm, our singer Ami's pretty old, too, and he knows most of those guys. And, uh, and yeah, we, we, I mean, people know them here, but I don't think they're legendary. Are they legendary in Canada? I have actually heard their tracks just through different fanzines and stuff. And one of the tracks by Jericho Jones is just totally amazing. Actually, it might even be a Churchill's track as well. And I'll play that at the end of the interview as well. Actually, hell, let's hear that right now. This is All the right. Churchill's Jericho Jones, some old school Israeli garage rock live on CITR as I, Nardwar, the human serviette, speak to some brand new Israeli garage rock, the Monotonics Yonatan playing Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, Monday, December the 20th at the Biltmore. But this is what you will not hear on December the 29th at the Biltmore in Vancouver. This is some old school garage rock, the Churchills, the 1960s from Tel Aviv, Israel. We are the Titsmen of Tel Aviv. Wait on in my soul. 
A little bit softer, a little bit softer. Wait on in my soul. Wait on in my soul. Their sound man, their live sound engineer. How long have they been around? 
Oh, they've been around forever. They still play shows to like uh, to like uh, high tech companies and stuff. People buy their shows. Uh, they used to be like uh, I don't know, like a pop rock thing in in the early seventies. Uh, they were pretty pretty successful. My parents liked them a lot. Jonathan, Canadian, American bands touring Israel. You mentioned Brian Adams. Of course, Brian Adams is huge in Israel. What about some North American bands? You've put on some gigs for North American bands, haven't you? Like Calvin Johnson, the Silver Jews. Have you brought them over to Israel? That happened, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those guys are friends of ours, so we, we've had them playing shows in Israel. It was a really good time. Has there been anybody else that's come over from North America that you've had over to play gigs with you? I mentioned Calvin Johnson, the Silver Jews, anybody else? Like, what other North American bands have played Israel that maybe you've helped get gigs in Israel? Or you've even seen, like I know No Effects has played in Israel. What other North American bands have come over? Uh, we, we put on shows by this band Federation X. Do you know them? Yes, I've heard of them. Yeah, they're from Bellingham, Washington. It's pretty close to Vancouver, actually. It is indeed. You might even be hearing this. And again, you're listening to CITR, FM 102, Cable 102, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. How did you meet Federation X from Bellingham? Yeah, you should, you should play a Federation X song. They're pretty good. And we put on an old-time religion. They're, they're from They're from Olympia, Olympia yes. Yes, I've actually what? seen them play with um, Arrington is the guy's name, right? Yeah, Arrington's the singer. Yes. The old-time religion. Definitely not, not a transvestite. How hard is it to play a gig in the States? Like, you guys have visas. How hard was it to get the visas? How much red tape is involved in you guys coming over to North America? Well, we just, we, we had to pay. I mean, to Canada, it's different. Uh, they're getting us, like, work permits and stuff. But uh, we got the artist visas for, for the States. Basically, we, we paid a lawyer a lot of money, and he got us visas so we can live if we want to and play shows in the States. And it's really great, too. You don't just come over for, like, a couple shows. You go full out and do full tours. Because a lot of bands, they get visas and stuff, and they only come over and do a few gigs. But you guys go full out and do so many gigs touring the States. How many cities have you played in the United States of America? Like, are there any cities that you still want to play that you haven't played? Have you seen, like, increased attendance every time you go back to a town? Yeah, we, we've never played uh, Miami, I guess. That's, a, that's, I think, the only big city we never played. On the next tour, we're playing uh, Hot Springs, Arkansas. That's the first time. And uh, we're going to be living in New Orleans pretty soon. We're going to finish writing a record in New Orleans. We're going to be living there in February. So some friends of ours invited us to play a show in Mobile, or Mobile uh, Alabama. So we're going there for the first time. And uh, we're going to be in El Paso, Texas for the first time, too, in March. So there's a couple of American cities we, we've never been yet. Where are you going to... Yeah, definitely. When, we, when you go back to cities, we, we get what you call uh, increased attendance. And people bringing garbage cans. And people bringing their garbage cans from home. Uh, and eventually throwing them on our, on our heads. How much will you pay for a garbage can? Where do you buy the garbage cans? Like at Walmart? How much are garbage cans to buy in the United States of America? Well, it's different. Uh, there's the fancier ones and the simpler ones. I mean, it, it all depends on how much we make at the show. Some shows we can't afford to buy a really fancy trash can. But, but if they pay us well, we put a lot of our money in, in the trash cans. So it's, it's very important to us. It's part of the show. And we don't, we don't want to compromise in the level of the trash can. Do you ever donate it to the club? Like after your last gig, do you give the trash can to the club as a symbolic gesture of monotonics love to the club that you played at? Like, hey, we loved your club. We loved the gig. Here's a monotonics trash can for you. 
usually we lose the trash can, unfortunately. Usually we lose the trash can and probably a shoe during the show, too. So we, we just kind of lose control over the trash can. Once it, but once it gets into the show, it kind of gets a, a mind of its own, and we, we cannot control where it's going to be anymore. Jonathan of the Monotonics coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada on Monday, December the 29th to the Biltmore in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. You're playing Calgary, you're playing Edmonton, you're playing Vancouver, you're playing Seattle, you're playing Portland. You also played Halifax, I think, in Canada. Where have you played in Canada? Like, I know you played in Toronto, you played Halifax as well. What was that like? Oh, that was great. We played a festival down there and a lot of crazy kids showed up and it was a... It was a party. It was really fun. Some cups showed, showed up at the end, but they, they let us keep, keep playing the show. You played, we're just watching the show. You played the All Tomorrow's Parties gig in England. Who did you play with? Was it the Melvins curating that? Who invited you? The Melvins did, yeah. When did you first encounter them? Uh, they played in Israel, actually. So we met, we met them when the, they played Israel. And uh, their bass player, Jared, came to our show in L.A., and he's a pretty cool guy. And yes. He, us today. He, wa he has a great afro, too, doesn't he? Oh, yeah, a glorious afro. When he was in the band Carp, I remember a huge afro. His band Carp was just totally amazing. And he's also yeah, the singer of the Tight Brothers from way back when as well. I call them Tight Brothers, but I guess it's Tight Bros is the proper way to say yeah. that. Are you a big fan of that band, the Tight Bros? We like the Tight Bros and Carp and Big Business very much. And lastly, Yonatan from the Monotonic speaking to me live from Tel Aviv, Israel, coming to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Who is Ayala Nistor? Oh, Ayala Nistor is uh, one of our biggest influences. He plays in a band called My Second Surprise, and he's, he's more of a, of a philosopher and, and, and a prophet, the way, the way we perceive him. And we stay in his house when we live in, when, when, we, when we play San Francisco, we always stay with Ayala. And, uh, well, basically, just uh, Rock Academy when we stay at his house. That's all I can say. That's an Israeli living in the United States of America. Have you played with any Palestinian yeah. bands when you've been on tour? Like, have there been any interesting builds with, like, a Palestinian band? It's an Israeli band. It's an American band. Have you ever met any Palestinian bands or anything like that on tour? Wait, where, where did you hear about Al Nistor? I don't know. I just thought that you might be interested in him. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're very interested in him. If you're, li if you're listening, Al, thank you. And we've never played with Palestinian bands. Never. I've never seen a Palestinian band. I guess there are some, but I don't know. Anything else you want to add to the people out there at all, Yonatan, of the Monotonics? Uh, anything I'd like to add? Uh, no, no, John. I have nothing else to say. Come out to the Biltmore, right, on December the 29th? Oh, yeah, yeah. Come out to the Biltmore. That show's going to be great. Why should people care about the Monotonics from Tel Aviv, Israel? Why should people care? Well, we need some money so we can buy trash cans for our shows, not one. And again, if people are tuning in just now, how does the trash can play into the show? Let's just recap this again there, Yonatan of the Monotonics. How does the trash can play into the Monotonic show? What happens with the trash can? Well, maybe you should ask how, how does the show play into the trash can? How does the show play into the trash can? Uh, sometimes the show got just goes straight down the trash can. Well, thanks so much for your time, Jonathan. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do 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 do
Who are you? Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, welcome to Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Thank you. Who are you? I am Nardwar, a human serviette. Nardwar, bonjour, Nardwar. Hello, Lady Gaga. Hello. Now, there are some connections between Vancouver, BC and Lady Gaga. Yes. What might they be? Um, well, actually, my album release was here in Vancouver, and I went number one that day, so I have a really special connection with Vancouver. And there's another one. You are called Lady... Vancouver? Lady Gaga. Yeah. And you're named after the Queen song. Oh, yeah, yeah, Radio Gaga. And the new lead singer of Queen, Paul Rogers, oh, lives God. in... Vancouver. So there we have Paul Rogers. Are you into the new lead singer of Queen, Paul uh, Rogers? Well, I, I am, of course, into the new lead singer. But for me, I have a big heart for Freddie Mercury, and I can't quite part with the old Queen. Of course, Radio Gaga. Now, another connection between Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, and Lady Gaga. Look, who was just on the cover of Discorder magazine in Vancouver. Who oh should we have God, right there? Amanda Lepore. Who is Amanda Lepore? What can you tell the people about that? She played your fame ball. She did. This is Amanda Lepore. She played my fame ball. She is so beautiful and so amazing. Uh, she performed with Caswell, who's also a friend of mine, and I'm a huge supporter. And um, yeah, I there she is on the cover of Discorder magazine. I love her. Can I give her a kiss? Yes, you can. Mm-hmm. That's on the cover of Discorder magazine from Vancouver. That's awesome. Another connection. Another connection. Yes. She also has her own watch. Her own swatch is called a time tranny. Really? Yeah. She's like, but it's funny because I don't really even think like like Amanda to me. She's a woman. <laughs> like she's full out. But that's what her swatch is called. A time tranny. A time tranny. I didn't know. Yeah, that. she has her own swatch. Now you. Like, li- boobs. You can see. Her, you actually can see her nipple in this. Just to point it out. Go, girl. Lady Gaga, I love your magic wand. Or is it a magic wand? What is that thing? Um, actually, it's fashion. It's my walking cane. And it just happens to also light up when I touch it. And it uh, transforms into a saber when I feel like fighting. I thought it might be your magic stick. What is the magic stick? Yeah, it's my disco stick. Um, it's also a metaphor for a woman who has strong sexuality. Now, now, Lady Gaga, speaking of the magic stick, did you really once play the New York club, The Cock? I think so. What is the New York club, The Cock? Have you heard of The Cock in New York? You've played uh, a lot of clubs in New York, yeah, haven't you? I don't know if I remember exactly where it is. Where is it? I'm not exactly sure if this is a legendary New York club, the yeah, cock. I've played there, but I don't, I don't, I've played a lot of clubs in New York City over years and years and years, so I don't know. I would say that the, the ones I could talk the, the most uh, detailed about were the ones on the Lower East Side that I played over and over and over again. Which ones were those, just particularly? Um, I played Arlene's Grocery. I played Chenet. I played Mercury Lounge. I played some dive bars like uh, St. Jerome's. And uh, I used to go-go dance at Welcome to the Johnson sometimes real late at night. Um, How about any punk place? Do you play ABC No Rio? It's like a punk bar. I don't remember. Or an all-ages punk club. Um, I used to play uh, CBGB's. How were your experiences at CBGB's? A long time ago, audiences used to spit. Have you ever been spat on? You know, it's free punk to spit. Actually, I um, spit sometimes when I'm singing, and I get really sweaty and full out when I'm working, so if someone were to spit on me, I probably wouldn't notice. Where have you seen a spit land when you've spitted? When I've spit? Uh, On audience members. Yeah, because, you know, you sing and it's... (laughs) Can't. Lady Gaga, you were doing these transmissions from the road, aren't you? These video documentations. Yeah. 
I find them very, very fascinating. In fact, is that your video documentary right over there? Yeah, that's my li librarian, Angela, Ornament Ange. So I love watching these things. So I watched one of your transitions, your little transmissions on YouTube. Yes. I think it was you in Germany. Yeah. And then on the sidebar, you know, there's like related videos. Yeah. Guess what there was? There was something that said Lady Gaga totally naked, must see, nude, just dance. Really? So do you think I clicked on it? Maybe. Yes, I did. What did I really? What did you find? I didn't see you nude. It was like a total joke thing. What a freaking ripoff. No, I was thinking you have been nude on stage. Did you really perform nude on stage? Is there that footage out there, Lady Gaga? It's performance art. But what does performance art mean? Does it mean showing nipple-like? No, it is my belief that naked would include the, the nipple area, but I've never um, let the nipple area be exposed in any of my performances, unless it was by accident. So it's always a G-rated show then, swimsuit area always covered, right? I wouldn't say G-rated, always swimsuit area covered, but you know, it's like... For me, on stage, I'm always experimental with the fashion, and um, I believe in pushing boundaries about sexuality, and uh, sometimes the, the clothes are transformable. Lady Gaga, you are dressed very well today. What can you tell the people you're wearing right now? Um, well, I made this cat suit, and I made the origami brooch on my shoulder. Now, how long does it take to make something like that? How do you know if you've done a good job? Um, I actually didn't um, make it with my own two hands. I designed it and had someone do the origami for me because I'm on the road. It takes too long. Um, but to design something like this, um, it can take anywhere from you know one hour if I have the inspiration, or it could take a couple of months, um, depending on what the outfit is and is if, if I'm involving any electronics or origami pieces, they can take a really long time to make. Um, uh, sometimes I use real gold leaf as opposed to just paint because uh, I want to sort of up the museum level of what I'm making. Uh, so it all depends. But I'm wearing this piece I made. I made the hair bow. Um, uh, I had these gloves. Um, I got these. They were kind of made, but they were just left over from a fashion show. And uh, the shoes are Givenchy. You are Lady Gaga, and here's a review of something that you wore. This is from the Seattle Weekly, and I love this. You are going full out and in right now. Go ahead. Lady Gaga wore a platinum blonde wig and a red outfit so tight it could trigger a yeast infection. Do you remember that outfit? This was written up in the Seattle Weekly. Um, well, I always have blonde hair, and it's not a wig, although it's not entirely real, but I'm always honest about that. Um, and I don't know of any clothing that causes any um, medical issues. Um, but if there is, I'd like to know what it is, because that sounds pretty amazing um, and powerful. I had on a red Grace Jones-inspired jumpsuit with a red hood that I made that had a gold drawstring chain. Um, I thought it was fabulous. And um, it was skin tight so that you could see. My figure. And Lady Gaga, you're digging what I'm wearing right now. I don't usually get compliments, but you're actually digging it. You are going in. And I love this because I have a, a peace sign tattooed on my wrist, and you have it on your sweater. No, I was thinking, at these gigs with the Backstreet Boys, there must be some people Nick amazing. New Kids on the Block. I keep making that mistake. Has anybody else got the Backstreet Boys and New Kids on the Block confused? Uh, no. Nobody. Just you.
Uh, I guess I was thinking a lot of people coming to the gigs, they must really dress up. Like what I'm wearing must be nothing. Have you seen some neat fashions in the audience? Um, I really, the best thing about these audiences is that the girls are so excited to see the new kids. They've got on the huge buttons. Some of them have on vintage t-shirts from the 80s and they go to the merch dance and they just deck themselves out. They've got signs, there's glitter everywhere. I mean, it's really amazing. And you know, the new kids, um, it's their reunion, and I'm just so happy to be on this tour with them. So, Have you been getting any FaceTime with the new kids on the block at all? Yes. Any FaceTime? Yes, I have. What sort of items have you seen that the kids have been bringing to new kids on the block? This is a new kids on the block pillow. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. What sort of items have been thrown up on stage for the new kids? Are they throwing anything up bras. on stage? Lots of bras. Did they throw anything bras to you? Like, um, no, I don't get bras, but I get lots of cheering, and I like that. Lady Gaga, I love your outfit, your mirror ball bikini. Thank you. What is that? It's like a mirror ball bikini? I love it. What is that? Um, well, it's inspired by Mark Boland's outfit um, in T-Rex uh, in the 70s. He did a full scuba body outfit that was covered in um, disco mirrors, and um, me and Lady Starlight, when we used to perform in New York, got asked to play Lollapalooza, and uh, we decided to do a Mark Boland-inspired bikini, so uh, we made it together and uh, I ended up using it in Just Dance mostly because um, I wanted um, young girls to know that they could make clothes on their own. I love the way you won't let go of that new kids in the block pillow will you? We just won't let go of that. You're not getting this back. Lady Gaga how hard is it to burn money? You burn money. Yeah sometimes it's not hard at all you just light a match. Yeah what are the tips on using fire Lady Gaga? Don't do it. Unless you're me, and we have, like, serious, incredible security. I did it um, as an artistic um, statement um, to burn the money uh, in the video, but it actually was not real money. You're not supposed to burn real money, so it was video money. You can let go of the new kids in the block if you like. You can let go because we have something else to show you. Some more excitement. There's another item. What can you tell the people about this particular fellow, Lady Gaga? This Danny is awesome. Oh my God, this is so cool. Where did you get this? From the 1980s, same place I got the shirt. I'm not sure, I would imagine it. Do they have this sort of thing for sale, Lady Gaga? Um, I don't think so, which is why I need to have it. What can you tell the people about Danny, behind the scenes Danny, so from funny. the New Kids Backstreet? It's New Kids on the Block, it's not the Backstreet Boys. Everybody knows that. Except me. Except for you. But Danny is awesome, so nice. Actually, Danny goes out on stage and he sings Just Dance during the show. What about his outfit, what he's wearing? Would you consider having a doll that looks something like this or an action figure? Is there anything in the works with that? Like I mentioned, Amanda Lepore has that time tranny. What about like an action figure for Gaga Lady Gaga? Tranny? I could do a Gaga tranny. What would you do to make it a Gaga tranny? Um, I would do an action figure that looks like me. Lady Gaga, I was curious. Have you heard of the artist known as Andrew W.K.? No. He's from New York. He has a song, Party Hard, Party Hard. No. He has a club called Santos Party House. Mm -hmm. He actually runs that in New York. I don't know if you ever performed there or not. Mm -hmm. No. Now, he told me when I asked him about one of the weirdest club experiences that he ever had, you know, because a lot of weird club experiences you can have in New York, right? Mm -hmm. Was he went to his club and it was a sign that said, step up to the bar. So he stepped. Oh, oh, I have been there. There was a, there's a guy, oh my God, this is the, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish your story for you. Oh, thank you, Lady Gaga. So I have been to that bar, and I have not, did I play there? 
My buddies played there, and I went to go see them play. This actually wasn't his bar, but he was telling me about the story. But continue on, Lady yeah, Gaga. And the bar was the bar is actually on Forty Something Street in Hell's Kitchen. I've been to that bar, and it's actually um, it's a sex party. And you go to the party, and uh, there's you know just a lot of people hanging out, getting drunk, having a good time. And it says, "Please step up to the bar." And there's a guy wrapped in a carpet underneath the bar and you step up onto it and you order your drink not knowing that he's in there and all of a sudden you hear like moaning and groaning and you're like what's going on and you realize that you and all of your girlfriends are standing on some guy who's totally aroused that you're standing on top of him he has a crush fetish he has a fetish on on women that step on him and a bundling fetish as well like he gets bundled up he's wrapped in like cloths and stuff like that i mean i'd like to think of it as like sexual performance art too it's kind of like uh, you know it's fetish but it's art as well um, I've seen him at a few different parties, but I remember I saw him um, uptown. That was his weirdest club experience. That was his weirdest club experience. You and Andrew WK that's, bonding. That's one of that's one of my weirdest club. I, anything I, that can anything top that, Lady Gaga? Or what is your weirdest club experience? That must be it. Isn't it weird? Your shit. Be, isn't weird. that the great thing about New York? It brings people together. It really does. It's really funny. That guy's like, you know, he's pretty. Uh, I mean, can you imagine you're getting up to order a drink and all of a sudden you hear? Ugh. I was like, what's going? Do you hear something? Oh my God, there's a man! I mean, it was insane. Did the bartender tell you there was a man underneath or did you just kind of figure it out yourself? Um, no, I figured it out. I mean, we all started seeing him moving. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't know that song. Why don't I know that song? Maybe I do know the song and I just don't know Andrew. He also works with a guy called Andrew Andrew and Bad Brilliance. Two yeah, local. I've you heard, heard of those bands? Mm-hmm. Those two bands are bands that he actually works with. And winding up here. No local acts. <laughs> local New York acts. Winding up here, Lady Gaga, I see that you are playing an Ikea parking lot in San Diego. Really? That's on your tour itinerary. Oh. An Ikea parking lot. Is that, the, is that one of the wildest places you think you would have ever played, outside at least? Oh, and I love Swedish stuff. So I love Ikea. <laughs> what about Poker Island? You played Poker Island. What is Poker Island? Poker Island is really awesome. Poker Island, um, it's it's a uh, place in Ibiza that's actually a an exclusive poker resort that uh, it's mostly men go to to play poker. Um, it, they're maybe like 10 of them. They all stay in this beautiful house and they play poker and uh, drink and have fun and have women over. And it's um, a pretty old school sort of uh, gambling experience. Poker Island. Yeah, and I went there and I played a show. Now, did you have your backup dancers with you? Because I've seen you have some backup dancers, some guys, and I love the way you roll over them. You yeah. like, can you explain that? It looks like they're about to drop you, but they're not going to. Those dr- dancers are great, aren't they? My, they're not my dancers. They are like my everything. They are the sweetest, most amazing guys in the world. So creative, so innovative, so uh, brilliant at what they do. And they're great. You know, they're on the road with me and uh, Lorianne Gibson does the choreography for the show. But when we're on the road and the stage starts to change, we start to add things and the show more. Particularly you're up there, they're holding you. It's like four guys. It looks like they're about to drop you. I love it because it looks really awkward. Yeah, it's fun. Awkward? (laughs) I thought it looked awkward like you were going to get dropped. Like it looked like it was you were going to get it didn't look like a nice, you know, ballerina thing actually um in the very beginning of my show i have a death scene after the first song in my show um which i know most people do death scenes at the end but um i meant for it to be this um performance art uh, experience where um after the song beautiful dirty rich um i have a rebirth um after pop music ate my heart uh and i say pop ate my heart and i became a slave to what to his love game and then i uh, move on to the next song in the show 
Lastly here, Lady Gaga, and we're speaking here too, Lady... Gaga? I was wondering, Rivington Street, you like Rivington Street in New York. Yeah. Have you ever eaten at Moby's Vegan Restaurant? Yeah, pre- so good. It is good Sweet then. Place, yeah. What else is on there? Because I was curious, like, is Moby the best thing on Rivington Street? What's the good thing about Rivington Street? Well, I, I know there was a band of Rivingtons. I like the doo band. Um, well, you know, I... They like... do that song, Papa Uma Mau Mau, Papa Uma Mau Mau. Do you know that Papa song? Uma Mau Mau, Papa Uma Mau Mau, Papa Uma Mau Mau. That's amazing. That's the Rivington. That, that's amazing. Would you consider throwing that into your act, the Rivingtons? Because no. you love Rivington Street. Well, I do, but um, I, I want to do new things in my show. Uh, so um, I would say the vegan restaurant is uh, awesome if you like vegan food, but I like meat. Um, so I like to go to this like really low-key Mexican place called Festival on Rivington Street. They've got really good chorizo nachos. Would the gay pimp go there? Who is the gay pimp? Will he ever eat with you? The gay pimp? The legendary gay pimp. He just goes by the name of that gay pimp. Lots of people in New York City. Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I, I come from a very specific scene and group of people that hang out at in, like St. Jerome's and the Johnsons um, that work at uh, the Rated X parties. And um, I'm really close with all of them, and they've all been super supportive, but I don't know who the gay pimp is. Lady Gaga, anything else you want to add to the people out there at all? Um, hi, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for watching me uh, today. I'm having so much fun in Vancouver, and I can't wait to come out and do a show and meet you all. Why should people care about Lady Gaga? Why should people care? Why? Um, well, because they like the music. The music is number one most important, so uh, if you love my music, you should care. Well, thanks much, Lady Gaga. Keep on rocking in the free world, and do 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 morning. I drink champagne in the afternoon. I drink champagne in the bubble bath. I drink champagne in my dressing room. I drink champagne in the morning. I drink champagne in the afternoon. I drink champagne in the bubble bath. I drink champagne in my dressing room. Like Marilyn and use it to wash down my Vicodin. My head starts to spin, so I drink some more. My glass in the air when you start to pour. I'm a champagne whore, I love the bubble. Bigger champagne glasses, so make it a double. I stumble out the club at 4 a.m., wake up and do it again. When I party with PGD and wake up hungover in some other city Don't bring me Andre, I prefer my way And a bottle of Pierre Jouet and you pay For a rosé and Vuclicot I use Cardin Negros to scrub my toes If you don't drink champagne, kiss my ass If you do drink champagne, grab a glass
champagne in the afternoon. I drink champagne in the bubble bath. I drink champagne in my dressing room. I drink champagne in the morning. I drink champagne in the afternoon. I drink champagne in the bubble bath. I drink champagne in my dressing room.